Hello and welcome to the Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast. This is John Goodwin, your host. Today we are at the Salt Lake City Fanex and with our earlier Illustrators of the Future winner, Brian Lee Durfee, who is now here as an author with his first two novels of a series. The first novel, The Forgetting Moon, and the second one is The Blackest Heart. Welcome to this uh, podcast. It's been a long time since we've actually spoken. So welcome, Brian. Oh, well, thank you for inviting me. Appreciate it. So... Uh, I guess let's first I'll talk about you were an Illustrated the Future winner way back when. Yes, back in the early 90s when I was a college student. I was an art student in college and I entered the Illustrators of the Future contest a couple times. I think it was the second time that I ended up winning and getting invited to Hollywood for the award ceremony and getting published in the book and everything. So that was volume number nine, right. which was what, 93 or 94 or something like yeah. that? So yeah, that's and I was just a kid back then. So, but I always had aspirations to write books, also. So that's kind of what I'm doing now. So how did that morph? How did that transition happen? And and was there any um, validation from the Writers of the Future that helped you to give that confidence like that? That helped you move? Oh, over? absolutely. Um, Writers of the Future. When I won that Illustrators of the Future award back in the early '90s as a young person, that really kind of gave me the confidence to always be confident enough to submit my illustrations to any publisher. It didn't matter if it was a small publisher or a big publisher like uh, Tor Books or anything. I was pretty fearless because of the confidence that winning the illustrators of the future gave me. Um, and then I had a fairly successful career. I, as an illustrator, I did work for Dungeons & Dragons, yeah. Wizards of the Coast. I painted a lot of the Magic the Gathering cards, a lot of the Iron Crown Tolkien cards. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> I painted a lot of the Tolkien cards that came out in the 90s that were really popular. And, uh, and then I also did a lot of gallery work in the Western galleries, like in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and Santa yeah. Fe, New Mexico, uh, with a lot of my landscape art and wildlife art. And yeah, it was pretty successful. Your landscape and wild, that stuff is just gorgeous. Oh, well, I, thank you. I see that when you post it on... Yeah, on, I post on, it once in a while. Yeah, so I love yeah. that stuff. So what happened was I started to lose uh, vision in my left eye. And I'm, I'm about 50% blind in my left eye, and it really started to uh, affect the length of time it took me to complete paintings, yeah. when before I could do them in a couple of days, then I, I was noticing it was taking me a week, two weeks. It just became economically un, not feasible to be a painter anymore. Plus, it was kind of painful, just um, yeah. the way it was affecting my eyesight painfully, um, physically. So. That was when I decided, hey, this would be the opportunity to take a negative and make it a positive and, and, uh, and start writing, which was also one of my dreams from the beginning. Right. So then I started writing, and uh, now I've got two novels published by Simon & Schuster, one of the biggest publishers in the world, which is fantastic. It's awesome. So, uh, so what genre did you write in? I write big, huge, epic fantasy novels in the vein of Brandon Sanderson... George R.R. R. Martin, Robert Jordan, uh, Tad Williams, Pat Rothfuss. And I think Pat was also once a, uh, and he's a, he a Writers a of the Future. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the legacy that Writers of the Future has left in the science fiction community is just astonishing with the amount yeah, of people. Yeah, I mean, we've had over here winners now with, uh, between both contests over the 35 yeah. years. We have entries from over 175 countries that come in. It's, just, it's really grown well. And so, yeah. I mean, success stories like yourself and even being able to span over from, you know, bridging from illustration to writing is, is, is quite a, 
a testament to yourself. Well, thank you. Yeah, one of the things about the contest is that, it, which is one of the things that, uh, that even um, Brandon says, it really does help the best rise to the top. And so that's what it does. So even being able to transition from one to the other, just, it is that creative talent that is able to, to bubble up there and really be recognized, which is the purpose when uh, Mr. Hubbard created the contest 36 well, certainly, years ago. Well, certainly, yeah. I agree with all of that. You know, I, even though I was an illustrator winner, like I said, early on as a youngster, that, that really gave me the confidence to be fearless with my artwork and then in turn be fearless with my writing. Right. And just submit it and not be afraid of rejection or any of that and just, you know, just put your effort into it and go for it. So I, th I think the contest is probably one of the best things that's happened to science fiction and fantasy since its inception, you know, with all of the great writers that's produced. Yeah. Now, in terms of advice for aspiring writers, because I see you do... I see you do like the convention circuit, so I'm assuming that's like to, to build your name, get you know, get in front of faces so that people see and meet you. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I try to do about five to seven conventions a year, and I'll usually do it through Alexi's um, bookstore there, the Bard's Tower. Yeah. And he, he helps fly a lot of us to different places around the country. And so, you know, I've been to uh, Pensacola, Atlanta, Connecticut, uh, Phoenix, Seattle. I mean, I've been a lot of places for these conventions, and it helps get your name out there. It helps you introduce to new fans in different places. Um, and it's a fun weekend, you know? Yeah. You get to play like you're a celebrity for a weekend before you <laughs> before you lock yourself away in your house and write, you know? <laughs> yeah. So how did you make that connection with um, um, a big, you know, one of the big five publishing houses? Well, what I did was... Um, since I was already sort of in the business with, through my artwork, I had a slightly, I kind of had a, a, a name for myself, but it wasn't a big name. Right. You know, people recognize Dungeons and Dragons and, sure. and Magic the Gathering and that I was an illustrator. So I kind of leveraged that a little bit with my query letters to agents. I said, hey, I've been in the business a little while as an artist, but now I've, you know, written this epic fantasy novel and uh, I actually specifically queried the agent I queried because I knew he represented Pat Rothfuss and I knew Pat Rothfuss wrote really big epic fantasies yeah. and I said my books are really big they're Patrick Rothfuss sized books and so I am specifically targeting you because I know you can handle that there's a lot of, a lot of agents that won't take on a 300,000 word novel from a new writer so uh, yeah, I targeted Pat's agent because I knew that um, he wouldn't be afraid of promoting a really big epic fantasy that it's 900 pages long to the publishers because he'd done it before with Pat Rothfuss. He'd done it before with Tad Williams and a few other writers. So that's how I kind of broke in. Yeah. So now that you've um, you got these two novels, what's uh, upcoming? Well... I'm almost done writing book number three, and yeah. that will probably come out in 18 months or two years. And then we'll start on book number four, and that's probably where the series will wind up is with four books. After that, oh, I have uh, aspirations to be the next Stephen King, the next Louis L'Amour, <laughs> the next Tom Clancy, the next J.K. Rowling. Louis L'Amour, so like <laughs> I want to do rest. I, want, I have got ideas for westerns for epic space operas, for police procedurals like Michael Connelly or Dennis Lehane. I've got ideas for uh, horror novels, 
<laughs> Stephen King's my favorite writer of all time. So if I could be anybody, it would be Stephen King. Wow. Okay, well, that's great. So for people that are, that are listening to this, are either going to be people that have, that have had some modicum of success and looking for the next thing to do, or for people that are just aspiring what I need to do. So addressing either of those two uh, aspects, those two uh, audiences, what advice would you have? Well, as if you're aspiring to become a writer and you're just starting out, just keep in mind the first, the first handful of years you do it, you know, the stuff you write is probably not going to be that very, very, it's not going to be very good, but that's okay because you're learning how to do the craft. And eventually, if you keep at it every day, you'll get good. Also, read a lot of books. If you've, re if you've read a lot of books, you're going to be, um, reading is the greatest teacher to, uh, of how to be a, a good writer, um, I, I, even better than any college course you could take. If yeah. you read a lot, people that I know that read a lot can really write very well. Um, that would be my first thing. And, 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 and just do it, uh, try to do it daily. If you can't do it daily, at least try to do it two or three times a week. And that's just sit down and write something. Even if it's a paragraph or a page, eventually those paragraphs and pages add up over the years and you'll have a novel or two uh, just right there. Just write, write a paragraph of a day for a couple of years, you'll have a novel. Right. Um, for guys who are in the process of, let's say you've written a novel or two and you're trying to get them an agent or you're trying to get published or any of that kind of thing, you know, just don't be discouraged. I wrote a big, huge, epic horror novel, my first novel, and I sent it off to every agent in New York and every publisher in New York, and I got a rejection letter from every agent and every publisher. <laughs> and I spent three or f I spent, I think I spent about five years on that book. And I thought, wow, did I just waste five years of my life? And I was thinking, well, I've got all these ideas for uh, epic fantasy and epic westerns and all these ideas. Do I really want to spend another three to five years on another book if it's just going to get re rejected again? Well, I did because when you write, you write for fun. And I just I couldn't help myself. I just started another book right. and it ended up being this big epic fantasy which ended up getting published so I'm glad that I didn't let the discouragement of that first novel stop me I you know I kept going that's good so then um, in terms of how ties in with rise to future any particular tips to for people writing short fiction as to the value of writers of the future well the value of writers of the future I think I've already stated that it's just if you can get in the if you can get into the writers of the future and and get invited to Hollywood to the to the award ceremony and get your story in a book, I mean that's like an enormous leg up that other people just are not going to have. I and I even even though I was an illustrator of the future winner, you better believe that I put that in every query letter that I sent out because people know what that is. Yeah. And it's a, it's got a legitimacy behind it. So um if you write short fiction, always submit. If you do any sort of drawings or illustrations, submit those too, because there's an art competition. So just submit anything like art or writing or art. I'll be honest, I've never written a short story, so I've okay. just written big, long epics. <laughs> so, so you I went from the art illustration yeah, to writing the But novels. I never, ever wrote a short story, so I never had a short story to uh, submit. Right. But... I was, all, I was already in book number nine anyway with yeah. my artwork. <laughs> okay, great. Well, thank you very much, Brian, for uh, being on this podcast. And thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Writers of the Future podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 
Writers and Illustrators of the Future are contests created by L. Ron Hubbard to provide a means for the aspiring writer and artist to be seen and acknowledged. It is free to enter and open to new and amateur short story writers and artists of science fiction or fantasy.